Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Sal Vetcher here, and today we're going over the five-game Monday slate for the NBA today. We're going to be looking at DraftKings. We're going to be looking at Super Draft Multipliers. I'm excited to break down into it. Again, if this is uh, maybe you're returning, you know my content usually. I apologize if the lighting is off or anything like that. I'm a different tint because I'm still, yes, I'm still waiting to fully travel and get home because of the weather that is impending. So hopefully, hopefully today and tomorrow will be the final days that I have to have this set up and I'm back safe and sound. So apologize in advance, just any first impressions that I'm making out there, usually well lit in my studio. I'm on the on the, on the go travel set, if you will. So appreciate y'all in advance. And before we get into it, injury dashboard, target offense sheet, early interest, all that stuff we're going to look at for the five game slate. Yesterday was a very good day. I had some people reaching out about Cam Johnson. Obviously, Thomas Bryant goes absolutely berserk and having career highs in like every single category. So very excited. Let's try and run it back today on a five game slate and you just continue to get the basketball all throughout the day. I like the fact that today's lock does not start until 4 p.m. It gives this video a little bit more shelf life, if you will. It gives us a little bit more time to set those lineups. But yes, sports, once again, are going to be back today in all major forms uh, with the MLB, NBA working all throughout the day for the most part. So thank you so much. Appreciate y'all being here. Like button before we get into it and that big old subscribe button. What are you waiting for? Please do tap that subscribe button. We're getting more subscribers, about 50 to 60 per day. And we're very, very close to 24,000. I want to crush right through that and get to 25,000 before the the NFL season starts because that just feels like a nice round number. I don't know why fives and tens. I just feel like that, but I appreciate you all in advance for the support. So thank you so much. You can check out for my projections. A lot of people are signing up. A lot of people are, are enjoying them. Somebody reached out this morning, $5,000 winner with the projections on Patreon. You check those out for the NBA every single day updated down below with value rankings with the target offense sheet, all that stuff you can find down below as well as a new week now for golf for the first major, the PGA championship. All that content will start to trickle out today, tomorrow and Wednesday for the PGA content as well for if you get the all-inclusive membership. And finally, thank you to the sponsor of the show, Superdraft Today. If you've been watching my content or if you're brand new to it, you should be checking out Superdraft. You already should be signed up for Superdraft. The contests are still only filling the some of the, the smaller ones, not their main one every night. It's like three to four thousand dollars, two thousand dollars to first, filling only fifty percent. Some of them, even the big ones are filling only sixty to seventy percent. You're getting just a thirty to forty to fifty percent chance at just winning more money that nobody else is competing for. They're guaranteeing those prize pools. So when forty percent of the people don't join into the contest, that's forty percent less competition for the same amount of the profit, the same amount of the pie. Why not compete over there? Whereas DraftKings and FanDuel continue to compete over there for the huge prize pools if you want, but you're going to be competing for 100% of the prize pool against 100% of the competition instead of 100% of the prize pool against 60% of the competition. That a lot of them might not have super draft projections, which I do for the NBA. That'll be linked down below on Patreon as well. So promo code SAL, that is S-A-L, get you $10 free upon sign up at SuperDraft. So be sure to check that out. They got a ton of sports running and a little bit of a, a little bit of a hint at what you could be doing. Doing, even if you don't really know a lot about the NHL, when there's at least three or four sports on the NHL contests are only feeling sometimes like 30% and they're paying out like 25% of the, the overall player pool. So uh, yeah, you can get in there and have just, uh, you have to be unlucky not to win, even if you don't know what you're doing at that point. So be sure to check all that out. Promo code SAL, S-A-L, lets them know that you came from me. So getting into it now, gang with the injury dashboard. So we're going to head into Denver where it's the same three players are dealing with some injuries. Gary Harris and Will Barton already ruled out. Harris with a hip and Barton with a knee injury. It's going to allow Torrey Craig to see a lot of more minutes. Monty Morris will see some minutes. Michael Porter Jr. will get more run in the rotation, especially because of Barton being out, playing a lot of small forward there, and P.J. 
Dozier as well. Now, the one that will really help all these guys, and mainly Monty Morris and a little bit of P.J. Dozier, will be Jamal Murray, who is highly questionable with a hamstring injury. When you're highly questionable with a hamstring, something you really don't mess around with, something that is easily uh, can be tweaked, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jamal Murray doesn't play today, just because highly questionable with a type of ligament injury is not the greatest thing to be doing. So keep an eye on that. Denver, if they're missing all three of these guys, we can look at what the on-off numbers are going to be for them. When missing all three of those players, and I'm sorry if this is getting brighter now because this is all white, uh, but when you're missing all three of those players, uh, it makes sense. Jokic is going to be the highest usage player at 26.4%. Millsap actually jumps up to 24.8%. Then Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr., and Monty Morris crack over 20%. And if you just look at fantasy point per minute production, you're going to see that it's going to be Paul Millsap benefits the most in a 51-minute sample, so way too small. Uh, the, the decent sized samples are Michael Porter Jr., who actually goes up to a 1.14 fantasy point per minute producer. So although you saw Porter Jr. and Monty Morris somewhat struggle in the same situation the last time out, I'm not too worried about either of them. Monty Morris, 0.9 fantasy point per minute producer with no Harris, no Murray, and no Will Barton on the court. And that's in over a 400 minute sample. So MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., and also Monty Morris are still fine, in my opinion, to go back to. Tory Craig has a 0.78 fantasy point per minute production. Not really something that I'm totally looking at digging into anymore. So the main benefits there, if all three of these guys out, I would be interested in Michael Porter Jr. And then um, Monty Morris in that order, Tory Craig after that. You go to Indiana and you have the same injuries over there. So bonus is going to be questionable. And I don't really know, again, what this total situation is. I'm going to read more into it. But obviously, he left the bubble for a foot specialist. That was about 10 days ago. That is about, let me check the exact dates, right? It was the 24th of July. So if you're doing that, yeah, that was about 10 days ago. So he should be allowed to come back into the bubble. But then once he comes back into the bubble, he's going to have to quote unquote recondition. And this would be maybe his first day allowed back, depending on how long um, he's been out of the bubble. And that's if he comes like, right back into the bubble and if he was quarantining the whole time. So I'm going to assume he's going to miss again. There's no official word on it yet, but I think they they just still have him out on DraftKings. So I'm just going to assume that he's going to miss. We'll definitely keep an eye on that, but he's still questionable. That's going to obviously help Miles Turner the most. who will pick up all the center minutes at that point or all of his minutes at center. TJ Warren would get more primary scoring minutes. Like you saw last time, TJ Warren just going berserk. Now $7,400, shot 20 of 29 and 9 of 12 from three. Just kept nailing threes over 50 points scored. Lovely. Bogart Batances and Malcolm Brogdon are both questionable as well. Keep an eye on Brogdon. It's a neck injury, so it's upper body. If he was to actually play, he actually should get maybe full run. If you're going to get that neck injury, maybe you limit him a little bit, but it's not like a lower body where you're scared that something's going to be retweaked very easily. Neck, not something to mess around with either, but if you are ready to go and you're just dealing with soreness, you expect maybe a full run out of him. And then finally, Victor Oladipo for Indiana is going to be doubtful for rest. So if you just look at what's happening with Indiana right now, and we head over to all their players being out that are going to be out today, you can see that with anybody with a decent sized sample, and a lot of this was because of last game, but TJ Warren takes on a 27.5% usage rate when there's no Sabonis, when there's no Brogdon, and when there's no Oladipo. And that makes sense. He's like the fourth primary scorer. You get Miles Turner up to a 25% rate, Aaron Holiday to a 22% rate. And then after that, I mean, we could even take Jeremy Lamb off the court because he's not going to be playing. So that's probably something that is worth doing. But you can see the two guys are the guys that you would expect. Miles Turner with a 1.14 fantasy point per minute and TJ Warren with a 1.1 fantasy point per minute production with those guys off the court. Aaron Holiday and TJ McConnell, at least worth pointing out, both over one fantasy point per minute when those guys are off the court. So that is uh, something of note. And obviously those are the things that you expect. So everything that you're seeing in there is things that we expect if you've been following the NBA or you've been playing it for the last year or two. Um, when those guys are usually out, the guys that are benefiting are Turner. And for this year, it's going to be Warren and Aaron Holiday a good amount. Closing up the injury news, Tyus Jones is still going to be out with that knee injury. So DeAnthony Melton will continue to get minutes. He's going to continue to get big minutes if he stays out of foul trouble. Grayson Allen is going to continue to get minutes. Grayson Allen saw a ton of minutes in the last game. He played a final 16 minutes, getting, I think, up to 27 and a 
half minutes played. So that was yesterday. They're on a back-to-back tonight. Memphis, last night they played San Antonio, who today the Philadelphia 76ers are playing, where Glenn Robinson the third is doubtful with a hip. So Alec Burks, Matisse Nibel, uh, Mike Scott even, and Cork Moss are going to get up um, usage there. Well, actually, Mike Scott's not. I'll take him off because Mike Scott's also going to miss. So the usage players with Mike Scott out and Glenn Robinson doubtful are going to be Burks. Thibault and Korkmaz the most. And then finally, Bryn Forbes and Marco Bellinelli both missed yesterday against Memphis. They're on their back-to-back tonight against the 76ers. They're going to be questionable. I just put them as today. Bryn Forbes with a quad injury. Marco Bellinelli with a foot. Patty Mills did return yesterday and played decent minutes, like in the mid-teens and minutes. But if Bryn Forbes returns today, keep an eye on guys like Patty Mills. Keep an eye on guys like Derek White would be the biggest, maybe, uh, players to miss out on some minutes. If Marco Bellinelli was to return, it would be Keldon Johnson, who actually closed yesterday and Lonnie Walker, who saw around 25 minutes of play. It is worth pointing out that the closing lineup for the Spurs yesterday was very or Oklahoma City Thunder, where they've been playing that SGA, Gilchrist Alexander, uh, the Chris Paul, and the Dennis Schroeder lineup. Yesterday, it was the closing lineup of DeJounte Murray, Derek White, and DeMar DeRozan. So I know DeRozan isn't your stereotypical guard, like an SGA is, is more so towards a guard, but that same type of a lineup they kind of threw out there yesterday. So let's move into the target offense sheet now. And as we do, I would just like to solicit you for a big old like and a big old subscribe button, if you will. And if you do want to support the channel, you can do so down below. But it's not just a donation. It's actually a ton of work. I probably put a load, a load, like I put a lot of work into each one of these videos. It takes a couple hours to research, prep, upload, edit, all that type of stuff. But even more time goes into the Patreon stuff. So it's a lot of content going out over there, projections every single day that are constantly updated, and then a ton of stuff for golf. And then obviously when the NFL comes. So if you want to support the channel, you can do that. If you go out and this free content helps you bank 5,000, helps you bank 10,000, helps you bank 100,000. All that I ask is if you come back and you want to support the channel through the Patreon, support the more hard work that I put in over there, I would greatly appreciate that. So the target often cheat the three teams on a back-to-back. If I'm missing one, just let me know. Uh, but Washington's on a back-to-back, Memphis and San Antonio. So the three teams that are on a back-to-back that played last night. We don't have all the Vegas odds, so this is going to be a little bit of a struggle here. There's only five games on the DraftKings slate, although there's six games playing today. The 130, and I actually enjoy that DraftKings did this, take the 130 game off the slate, put that as a big showdown slate if you want, and give us those extra two and a half to three hours to just have a five-game slate to let the lobbies fill up a little bit more, to let my content reach even more people, right? All that type of stuff, the selfish needs of Sal. But in all seriousness, we don't have the totals for any of the four o'clock games yet. I just checked. They're still not out. So just looking at the three games that we do have totals for, out of these three games you're going to see that new orleans and memphis is going to have the highest total by a decent amount by about nine and a half points and once again new orleans and memphis i mean these are two teams that just play and track meets pretty much non-stop you see new orleans with the highest total as four and a half point favorites over memphis new orleans like has to win out at this point to just make the playoffs um it's not even in their hands of course because they need to win out and they need like all the teams in front of them to literally lose out or lose like five out of their last six games so it's kind of over for new orleans when you lose your first two games getting destroyed by the clippers and then the first game back losing um right at that they had a chance uh brandon ingram had a chance i think it rimmed out to win the game against the utah jazz they lost by two but a 121 overall team total that's nice a 109 pace metric is going to be nine possessions more per game than the other games on this slate so six possessions more than any other game nine possessions more than any of the other games starting after 4 p.m so obviously new orleans and memphis is going to be a place to target we're going to have a lot of options to target with new orleans it seems like there's always too many options to target but we'll kind of filter down into that the second highest team total that we have right now is the 76ers as seven point favorites over the San Antonio 
Spurs and the Misfits and the band of uh, just grouping these players together with your Kellen Johnsons, your Lonnie Walkers of the world, your Patty Mills getting in there uh, for some run. Uh, Drew Eubanks played a ton because Jacopoto got in a ton of foul trouble very early on yesterday. So yes, the Philadelphia 76ers, a 117.5 team implied total. They're going to be seven point favorites today. And for the 76ers, it'll be a slight pace down spot. These teams don't play at the fastest of paces. Their guards, if anything, should have a decent matchup. And Memphis all around, every player on the team is going to have a good matchup. I mean, you're going to get the pace up spot being a little bit bigger for Memphis, but both teams are going to be pacing up. There's going to be a track meet just in general. And then looking at Utah versus the Lakers, should be a very good game here. Lakers still six point favorites, a 111.75 team total. It is going to be a more difficult matchup really all across the board for the Lakers in this spot. If anything, you look to Anthony Davis, still a difficult matchup for him, but he's showing a little bit more of that stretch ability, which is going to help against Rudy Gobert. Not a guy who will really follow you out to the three-point line or really anywhere outside of the paint for the most part. For Utah, if you're trying to look at a spot, there's a decent amount of spots to pick for. Rudy Gobert's going to be fine. Donovan Mitchell is going to be fine in their matchups, I believe at least. And that's where you're really getting all of your value anyways for the third straight game for Utah as they're way too cheap at that $7,000 flat range. So I think that's a spot to be looking at. I think New Orleans and Memphis is obviously the game to key in on. If you're looking for another pace up spot after that, Washington versus Indy. It's because of Washington, this is going to be a pace up spot for Indy. We already have interest in Indy because of all the value that is going to be there. It just depends on if Malcolm Bragdon is going to play or not. Miles Turner is already going to offer us value. TJ Warren's priced up, so the value is kind of not there anymore. But now if, if you're going to get Brogdon in, he's valuable at that price point, in my opinion, especially if there's no minutes limit on a non-lower body injury. If you're going to get Brogdon out, sure, you can go back to Warren at 7,400. I don't think it's the worst play in the world, but I can start looking at guys like Aaron Holiday, Miles Turner a little bit more at that point. And before we get into the early interest, I just want to remind you about Superdraft again. So yes, please do sign up. I, I'm going to increase the partnership that we have with them. I want to get even more perks for the users. We're going to be giving away more tickets on live streams, just free contests to get in in the future. Can't be doing live streams with the setup I have now, but that's going to be starting hopefully by middle of next week or the beginning of the following week. So I appreciate you all the time. Superdraft is a promo code Sal listening on the podcast. That's S-A-L. If you use that, you'll get 10 free dollars upon sign up. Get up in a contest. Check it all out. I got projections for the NBA Superdraft stuff as well as DraftKings down below on Patreon if you need that for your help. Or you can just check it all out. Try it out. See what you think about it. Get into the contests that are just not filling. Wait until like five minutes before lock and be like, I'm going to divide. There's only 330 people out of the 790 in this contest. Bam. That's one that I want to get into over the one that has like double the amount of entries, right? So check all that stuff out. Be sure to take advantage. And away we get into these early interests now. So I have them ranked right now, I believe by price point. And there's a lot of them. I put like 25 on here for you today for a five game slate. So some of them I might just coast through. But starting it out with Joel Embiid, I don't really love the 9K plus range, to be honest with you. I think it's a couple of guys that they're fair price points. Like Jokic in the 9K range is still a fair price point. LeBron in the 10K plus range, obviously it's fine, but the matchup, not a total concern for LeBron. But if you're just trying to get the best out of your value at that point, it looks like more of a balanced build slate. You have AD out of the 10K range, which again is fine. I think his matchup is not brutal against Rudy Gobert, as most players are. If you can't, guys like Vooch and really Rudy Gobert, if you can't take it out your game out of the paint, you're going to struggle a little bit more. Anthony Davis obviously can do that. But if I had to pick one guy up here, it's just going to be Joel Embiid because he's going to be going up against Drew Eubanks and Jacopoto. That's pretty much it, right? And the power forwards that are going to be going up against him are guys like Rudy Gobert, who's usually a three on most teams at this point in his career. So Joel Embiid would be the guy for me, dropping 40 in his first game back, going to be playing decent sized minutes. I don't really like the 9K range. There's only two guys in the 10K range. So if you are paying up, Joel Embiid does stand out. Jokic after that would probably be the one who stands out next. $8,700 Drew Holiday doesn't even really stand out that much. It's just the fact that 
this is a track meet and Drew Holiday usually thrives in these track meet games and he's going to have to be the two-way player probably against John Moran if I had to guess but they could also put Lonzo on him so he doesn't have to exert all of his energy there so you're getting Drew Holiday still gonna have Zion on that minutes limit I would expect in, in these bursts or so if Zion's gonna be a full go I'd probably lean Zion here out of all the New Orleans players but for right now I think Drew Holiday has a fair price point I believe it or not at $8,700 1.25x on Super Draft you're really shooting for a ceiling on both of these sites which you can definitely bring in this track meet environment DeMar DeRozan at $8,200 continues to play big minutes 35 on the back-to-back or the front end of the back-to-back yesterday closed out the game as you would expect now gets a matchup against Philadelphia this is more of a difficult spot out of all the guys that I'm going to list on this list it's probably DeRozan and then Drew Holiday that I feel the least confident in out of these 25 guys we'll see what the projections say it's just mainly because of the minutes at this point for DeRozan $8,200 is just probably a fair price point you're not getting value in it I don't think it's overpriced really I don't really start liking um much of this slate until like we get to below $7,500 which is crazy because normally you see a couple of studs and you're like yep I want those guys let's find some balance or stars and we'll, we'll fill out the rest of this lineup and make a modified balance or stars and scrubs approach um not on this slate for me I think Brandon Ingram at $8,100 is fine there's not really much more to go in depth there if he's going to get more usage because Zion's going to see less minutes and he has more usage in overall point per minute production in that extra let's just say six to eight minutes with Zion off the court yes that's obviously fantastic for a guy in Brandon Ingram I highlighted TJ Warren in red because we were all over TJ Warren in the last time out especially once Malcolm Brogdon went out I think I put an update on Patreon he is now the primary scorer on this team even ahead of Oladipo because Oladipo is dealing with these injuries. He shot 20 of 29 and 9 of 12 from three, 75% from three, took 29 shots, which is just insane, made more than 66%, about 70% of them. No shot that this is going to be a repeat performance. And now the dollar sign, you can see his salary went up. He's $7,400 now. This is not the craziest of price points if Brogdon's out again, because then once again, he's going to have to be the leading and primary scorer and probably even ball handler right there with Aaron Holiday. I don't think it's like the worst overall condition, 1.5x multiplier in Super Jeff, but I think you're going to see a lot more ownership going towards him and just keep in mind $7,400 is not a cheap price point John Moran at $7,300 this is just the perfect player for this type of a track meet environment I love this spot for John Moran a 1.5 x multiplier in super draft but maybe one of the best plays over there as well um, it's hard not to like a 1. a 116 team total and a 109 pace spot for a guy who just thrives off of transition and thrives off of pace once again we could just put the recording from the first two shows on on Rudy Gobert at 7100 and Donovan Mitchell at $7,000 flat I like Mitchell once again better I think these guys are too cheap again here uh, it's going to be a more difficult matchup for the team in general you're not getting the best pace environment. You're not getting the best team total at just 105.75. Uh, again, I don't really think you have to get to Gobert since he takes up a center spot. And there's some other centers that are going to be cheaper, i.e. Miles Turner on this slate, i.e. potentially Steven Adams and some other guys down low that I'd probably rather get to. But if you're going to play two centers, it's fine. Uh, if you're playing on FanDuel, the price point's fine. I prefer Mitchell there. And another center I should call out is a guy right now in 6,300. This 6K range is very appealing. Even the 5K range. $6,300 Thomas Bryant. 1.75X multiply on Super Draft is likely going to be the, one of the best plays in the slate over there monster on the front end played 36 minutes after playing 30 plus minutes the game before Thomas Bryant is staying out of foul trouble Thomas Bryant went off he only had a 70 and a half overall rebounding rate uh, it was one of the bets that I took yesterday and some player props that was fun he hit that like I think a minute into the third quarter just went absolutely berserk obviously when you're hitting four or five threes and setting a career high there that's not going to repeat either but he didn't get priced up Thomas Bryant should be $7,300 now. He should have got the TJ Warren treatment because of the minutes that he's playing and how productive he can be. And now you're going to go into an environment where, sure, Miles Turner will be out there, but that's no complete threat for me. Hopefully it doesn't sink into some foul trouble for him, but Miles Turner is not going to be one of the most physical offensive scorers in the league. It's not like he's going up against Joel Embiid out there or Nikola Vucevic or even Rudy Gobert to an extent. So Thomas Bryant, yes, $6,300. Once again, very strong play. Malcolm Brogdon, if he plays, 1.6x multiplier on Superdraft, $6,200 is way too cheap. With no depot right with none of these guys out there obviously no lamb no sabonis if brogdon plays and it's just a neck injury not lower body and gets his normal 32 to 34 minutes of play he's going to 
to see like a 40% usage rate. He's going to see, or 40% assist percentage. He's going to see over a 30% usage rate. He's probably going to average 1.3 fantasy points per minute or close to it. You need a lot of things to happen. You need one to play and one not to be limited. But man, an upper body injury, there's a chance of no man's limit at all. I like that. DeJounte Murray closed the game out, played huge minutes yesterday. Some of the highest that he's played in his career at $6,200. He gets a Sixers today. It's going to be a lot more difficult of a matchup now all across the spot. He took 19 shots though, which is also up there as a season and career high for DeJounte Murray. So coming off one of his most productive and volume, high volume games yesterday, but we're going to see this. Only The only reason that it didn't happen in the first game was because he was dealing with foul trouble. We're going to see this happen for him. Even if you get a guy in Bryn Forbes coming back, it's more, more so, I believe, going to hurt Bryn Forbes. The rebounding rate, you're seeing it for DeJounte Murray. He's taking more shots, one, because there's no Aldridge. So he is now, if anything, maybe the primary scorer ahead of because he was always threatening DeMar DeRozan in that category as being more of a gunner and more of a guy getting to the basket and even a two-way player. Uh, so yeah, DeJounte Murray, 6,200 stands out. Turner, no some bonus at 6,100. I know he struggled last time, but he got in foul trouble. He fouled out in like 20 minutes because Joel Embiid just owns Miles Turner. Go look at all the games. There might not be anybody who owns a player more in the league than Joel Embiid owns Miles Turner. Um, that was a mistake on my part. Just because Savonis wasn't there, I believe that it was probably just a better spot for him. And it was, but the guy just can't get over Joel Embiid. He's in his head. He fouls out in 20 minutes. Today, he doesn't have to face Joel Embiid. He gets to face Thomas Bryant and Mo Wagner. Much, much easier matchup. $6,100. I like it. SGA has not been playing fantastic, but he's been playing as like a $7,000 player. And DraftKings drops him to 6K here. Based on the multiplier and super draft of 1.4X, he should be right up there with all these other guys. I mean, 1.4X multipliers with DeMar DeRozan's out today at $8,200 on DraftKings. It's with Brandon Ingram's out at $8,100 on DraftKings. So yeah, Shea Gillichris Alexander should be $7,000 to $8,000 today based on that multiplier, based on my projection for him. He's way too cheap today. This is just a total misprice on their part. I'm not really sure why this is happening. We don't have the team total yet, but SGA in his worst games is going to get you about 28 to 32 fantasy points, which pays off this tag. In his average games, he's going to get you around 32 to 35 fantasy points, which obviously does a lot better than this tag. And in his good games, he's going to drop 40 points and really smash this tag. So 6K in cash looks great. Um, if it's highly owned in, in, in drafts or in, in uh, tournaments, you could obviously go elsewhere with Murray right there and Brogdon if he plays. But I like that. I like the 6K range. It's probably my favorite range on the slate with Thomas Bryant, Brogdon if he plays, Murray, Turner, and SGA. Getting down to the 5K range now, you have Derek White here who played 34 minutes on the front end of the back-to-back and he closed the game out. So sort of the three modified players and guards, although DeRozan's been playing a lot of small forward lately, obviously back in his day with Toronto being more of the uh, the shooting guard right there with Kyle Lowry. But the thing to keep an eye on is Bryn Forbes. If Bryn Forbes is active, and he's going to get minutes, even if he's only going to see. Now, normally, Brent Forbes plays like anywhere from 24 to 28 minutes. Even if he only sees 18, that's going to have to pull off of some of the other guards. I imagine it's going to pull directly off of Derek White at that point. Mike Conley, 5,500. Not much to say there. It's a tough matchup against the Lakers. 1.7x multiplier in Super Draft. It's just sort of a meh play, right? He has upside there if he gets the minutes, and he's been getting the minutes of 32 plus since the return. So I like that. Steven Adams versus Denver, just a cheap price point that you're hoping he gets his 30 minutes because they have to keep him out there versus the big team that usually is probably going to stay big in this matchup in Jokic and in Paul Millsap. Troy Brown Jr., he just balled. 38 minutes of play, scores 50 fantasy points. He finished the game playing the final 11 minutes, so he closed it out. And something to call out, Napier did not close yesterday. Napier did get into some early foul trouble, which maybe hurt that, but it really never popped off in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. He picked up two early fouls in the first, never really picked up any foul after that until late in the game, or maybe he didn't pick up any. And then Robinson, Jerome Robinson closed the game. So interesting to see what's happening with Napier here. Maybe the best player on this team coming into the bubble that was actually going down there. Up there with Thomas Bryant, in my opinion, and he's just not getting the run, whereas Troy 
Troy Brown is getting the run and is still cheap at 5,200. 1.8x multiplier on Superdraft is very nice. Getting to some of these Memphis guys now, still no Tyus Jones. I like all the guards here. D'Anthony Melton, yet again, I'm going to like. He had foul trouble in the first two games. He had foul trouble last game in a major way. Foul trouble in the first game a little bit. It's crushing him. He has a still a very fair price point, even though it's increasing slightly. Dylan Brooks is still getting his huge minutes, closing out games. And then I will call out, but I, I, I'll caution it a little bit. I should probably put his name in yellow. Grayson Allen at $3,100. He did play the final 16 minutes yesterday, but I want to let you know that a lot of that was because of D'Anthony Melton's foul trouble, right? Uh, if D'Anthony Melton gets his normal run yesterday, you're probably seeing Grayson Allen play like 18 minutes instead of 27, 28 minutes, and then you don't really have any interest in Grayson Allen. So I only put him on this list to let you know about that. I'm going to put Grayson Allen also in red. So it's important to point out that he did play a lot of minutes, but a lot of that was mainly because of the foul trouble D'Anthony Melton was working through. Final guys to call out on this slate that at least I'm interested in. Ish Smith at $4,700. Closed the game out, played 28 minutes. You'd like to see that. Pretty much Ish Smith got the closing run over Shabazz Napier. I don't know why. I don't know what's happening there. Obviously, Ish Smith is more familiar with this team being on the team all season long, but I couldn't really sense any other reason Napier wasn't playing the worst that you can possibly play. I just look at his overall shot percentage and things like that. And then when you're looking at the Spurs, Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson look appealing. Lonnie Walker did not close the game out, but Keldon Johnson did. But Lonnie Walker is playing more minutes as of late, played 25. It's important to call out for Drew Eubanks if anybody wants to play him. I have no interest. Jacopoto, if anything, I would play here in this matchup, but the matchup against the 76ers, not really dying to get any of these centers against Joel Embiid and also just the bigs of the 76ers and their whole team defense in general. But Jakob Pearl sustained two early fouls and they had three fouls midway through the third quarter, picked up his fourth foul early in the second quarter, and he just kept coming off the court for foul trouble. He did not get jumped in the pecking order by Drew Eubanks uh, for San Antonio without their LaMarcus Aldridge. So it was just a little bit of foul trouble. Alex Crusoe, I'll point out, as a guy who's pretty much averaging 24 minutes since the return in the bubble, he's $3,400. I don't really want to play Crusoe if you're playing single entry or just one or three or five or 10 lineups. But if you're playing 150 max, getting up to like one to 2% Crusoe, who can see those extra two to three minutes and play 26 to 28 minutes. That's where it can really start popping off at $3,400 for a guy who can get hot. That's it right now. Not a ton of interest in the 3K range, not a ton of interest in the 4K range. Pretty much all of my interest is lying between that 5 and 7K range tonight. Obviously, I'll have ownership to guys at 8K plus. I have guys on this list in the 8K range and one guy in the 10K range. I've mentioned other guys on the slate. You can obviously get up to AD if you want in your lineup. It says that there's a chance for it. But right now, this 5 to 7K range really stands out. And really, from SGA at 6K flat up to John Moran at $7,300, those players I feel pretty strongly about. You can build a very nice balanced build tonight. So once again, thank you for tuning into this video. Like button before you go. Big ol' subscribe. And I apologize again to like. I already know it's going to be a little bit messed up. I try to fix it in post editing, but I'll be back to my studio, hopefully by a Tuesday afternoon, if not at the latest Wednesday afternoon. So thank you so much. I'm going to be starting some of the research for the PGA championship. I already did, but starting to put some of these shows together for the PGA championship. I might be able to get one out today, but more likely I'm going to put one out early tomorrow morning, which means there might not be a basketball show tomorrow morning if I do PGA championship, just because I'm still on quote unquote vacation. So I don't want to be spending all my time working in the morning. Be sure to get onto Patreon if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any of the projections or my interest for those days. You can do that down below if you would like, and also sign up for Draft. So like, and subscribe before you go. Thank you all so much in advance. The schedule for the rest of the week is NFL videos. It's going to be most days you'll have NBA videos. And then also tomorrow they'll be dropping uh, the picks video for the PGA championship. And then Wednesday we'll say to be announced for the live stream uh, that usually happens around 10 a.m. for golf. As long as I'm back and my flight is not the later canceled, we should be doing that one. So keep an eye out. I might not do an NBA video tomorrow. It just depends on what the workload looks like for PGA. I'll try and get things done. But if not, I will see you all on Wednesday for the NBA. And you can check out Patreon to get the Tuesday coverage. So thank you so much. Appreciate you all in advance. And I'll see you in the next one.